1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, TBTPFL. It's Thursday, September 29th. It is 2022. No baseball podcast today. If you're looking for that, I'm sorry. The slates are all over the place and we decided that we were just going to do the NFL podcast for the Thursday podcast instead of doing a three-game baseball podcast. So Week four NFL podcast joined as always by my good buddy Eyes Eight One Nine Keith Eister. Keith, what's going on, my friend?
2: Not too much. Had a pretty good um, baseball night tonight. Hit hit all three of my player props I wrote up for scores and odds. So that's it's always good to get the sweep. Um, but yeah, baseball for today is a mess. Like we've got games spread throughout the day. Um, we got a football game at night too. So DraftKings, like their bigger slate, is during the afternoon. And then FanDuel is doing it for their night slate. So doing content for for the baseball stuff today is going to be a bit of a nightmare.
1: It is. Um, So I'm glad that I'm not doing baseball content today. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to hang out, watch some baseball, watch some rain and wind, and hope I don't lose power. Um, So anyone, South Florida, I mean, prayers to you. Fort Myers area got hammered. Um, by the storm so praying for everybody in south florida right now um luckily where i'm at we're gonna have a lot of rain and wind um so i'm just i mean i was telling keith before the podcast i've been doing this so long now that this isn't the first time i've recorded a
2: podcast during a hurricane so um (laughs) i mean welcome to florida yeah man definitely thinking about everybody down there in florida stay safe obviously that's that's number one priority so for sure thank you guys
1: it's crazy. That storm picked up so much momentum overnight last night. Um, just crazy. So, yeah, praying for everybody. We are brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy. If you haven't checked them out, love what they're doing over there. Fantasy props uh, over under is very easy platform to use. I mean, if you are into props in general and you live in a state where maybe you can't um bet i mean check out the fantasy props um they're working on some new stuff as well but i mean we'll talk about that when it gets rolling if you use the promo code grinders you access right into the rotor grinder squad chat the link will also be in the podcast description if you'd like to join the rg squad so do that People were posting in there all the time. I mean, someone literally three minutes ago just posted a five-leg NFL um, for this weekend. So, I mean, if you want to copy, it, you can. I'm running well over there. Um, I post in the chat anytime that I post stuff, so you could follow my stuff as well. And if you use the promo code GRINDERS, you get 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Check them out, Sleeper Fantasy. The app is very, very easy to use. 12 football games week three in the books, a lot of injuries week three. Um, You know, we see this from time to time in the NFL. I, I mean, I had Montgomery and cash. Um, I luckily had some really good tournament teams that made it a really good week for me, but I mean, Keith, uh, injuries are something that happens a lot in NFL and we're coming into week four with a lot of question marks.
2: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of Q tags all over the slate. So, Going to be tr- a little bit difficult to break some of these situations down, but yeah, Montgomery and cash. Luckily he was extremely high owned. Um, so it was still possible to, to have a good day without, or even with Montgomery. I personally had Montgomery and my cash team, but I had Mac Hollins as well. So that worked out really well. Um, that's, that's basically the guy that you needed. He was pretty significantly owned and he absolutely smashed, was doing okay until that final drive. He caught a couple of balls on the last drive and capped it off with the touchdown that kind of just made him the guy that you needed to have as a value play. Uh, Dobbs was a really popular punt play as well. Who, who went nuts, um, tough decision down there with the cheap value wide receivers. And and both of them had had pretty great games, but to overcome the Montgomery stuff, you kind of needed Hollins. So just cool. crazy stuff. How, how that happens. Uh, I had a ton of clear Herbert overs just because I thought the bears would share the workload. Um, that's not how I intended to hit them but obviously Herbert smashed and and those were those were cashed in the first quarter I believe so
1: yeah I mean you were gonna be there I don't I think even if Montgomery didn't get hurt sure. I think they were gonna yep. just run the ball that whole game um I mean you see what Herbert did and you're like man Montgomery was gonna have a good game it happens yeah he really um, was yep like it happens in the NFL. I took a huge stand on the Cincinnati and Jets game, and the Jets just couldn't move the football. Um, it was it was tough. I, I mean, and Jamar Chase was someone that I was very overweight on. Like I said um, I play a main team, so it's like a mix between single entry and cash games. So I faded Hollins. I played him a lot in tournaments in general, but I faded him in my main team and went Elijah Moore, hoping that like we just got that big run back for my Cincinnati stack and hey it didn't work out and listen again i was very fortunate to have two really really good tournament teams um help me this past weekend so finish yeah I've, I've got to give you a shout out on yep. the yeah
2: yeah you you had a huge weekend nice little 10k cash i believe it was in the $50 single entry
1: yeah i had a team do really well in one of the 3 entry max stuff too so i mean i had two teams that both of them had Hollywood Brown, and both of them had Fournette. So, I mean, could
2: have been better. But I, I listen, I'm very, very thankful. I believe you also had Devonte Parker, which I think I owe you a couple of jelly beans on uh, on that one. And we had these little Agel hey, Parker conversation. <laughs> okay, I ran. Yeah. I ran. Good, Bring that one up
1: for Myers, <laughs> Yeah, Myers didn't play. I ran good on that one, but um, I played him in that in that three-entry max team. I, it was a Mac Jones um, stack, so let me pull it up really quick. I forget what it, exactly it was, but uh, let's see. It was it was Mac Jones, Devontae with the Andrews runback stack, and it had Mac Collins and Derrick Henry stack in it. And then it had the Chargers defense and Eckler. If they if either of them do anything, I win this tournament. I, I finished fourth in that one as well. And I finished fourth by like six points. So, like if if any of those guys show up, Devontae Parker was one percent, Andrews was like two percent owned, um Derek Henry was three percent owned. Like it was just a really interesting week. Um, from the time we recorded the podcast until like Sunday lock a lot of chalk happened and a lot of good plays in good spots just ended up being overlooked like Derrick Henry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I had a really good week in cash and I had some tournament teams up in the, in the top, like 1% in a lot of places too. Just didn't quite get the tournament teams there, but really, really good overall week for me. So looking to run it back this week.
1: Let's do it. We got 12 games. We're going to jump in. I am really happy that, the Viking Saints game is not on the main slate with all the like question marks around the Saints offense. Um, I'm gonna take that one off even on showdown and just kind of the only thing that I would be looking at is uh Chris Olive's you know props if Winston plays because I do think he's emerging as the top target there. But let's jump on to the main slate here. We start with the Chargers and the Texans. 44 and a 44 total. Now this game was 44 and a half. Um, the chargers, a five point favorite in this one. Let's start with the chargers. Uh, the only real news here is Keenan Allen's expected to play and Guyton is out. Um, I think he's out for the season after ACL. Yeah. Was yeah, it? Tw- ACL? It was. was. Yeah. Toward ACL. So he's out for the season. Allen's expected to be back this week. Um, they said that he's expected back, and then Herbert is expected to play as well. So, what do you like here for the Chargers, if anything?
2: Yeah, I mean, was very concerned about Herbert going into last week. I actually figured that he was not going to play. Um, the Jaguars' defense ended up being quite popular last week because a lot of people were expecting Herbert to set that one out. He ended up playing, um, and actually, he played pretty well. Um, I. I don't know. I like this spot for, for the Chargers uh, against Houston. Fast track in, in indoors. I could really see him having a big game, but I am a little bit concerned about health here. If they get up big, I don't like. I think he gets pulled if they're up more than two scores in the, in the fourth quarter. They they pull him out early here. So I am a little bit concerned about the ceiling. But this is a fantastic spot. Um, getting Keenan Allen back is is a big deal. Mike Williams is is 7K. That's a little bit pricey, but we've seen this guy have have massive ceiling weeks. Certainly want some exposure there. And Gerald Everett has had a a pretty nice role at at tight end as well. Um, Austin Eckler might be the play. It's always hard for me to trust Eckler because the rushing volume isn't there. He has an awesome role in the passing game, obviously. But in this game against Houston where we expect them to play with the lead, I just I don't see Eckler as the grinder that they hand the ball off to 15 to 20 times when they're playing with a big lead. So it, I prefer to lean on Herbert in the passing game. But I do have a slightly con- a, a bit of concern just on the ceiling because of Herbert's injury. And I think they are they'll be a little bit careful with him if they get a lead.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as Eckler is concerned, I mean, I think it is a concern in general. But You know, thinking back to Week One when they kind of played in that close game against the Raiders and they, you know, controlled the game a little bit. Eckler did have 14 carries to Sonny Michelle's seven, so it's tough because the spot is the spot is fantastic here um, for Austin Eckler. Like we love any time we get a a running back against Houston. They are one of the worst run defenses in the league, so I think ownership will kind of dictate where I'm going to be on Austin Eckler like it's still early in the week and we have him around 12%, I'll probably be overweight on that. I'll probably end up in like the 20-25% range um because if he gets to work in this game, he smashes. Um so you know, I think that he is very much in play and I mean, I don't mind pairing him with the Chargers defense. I know I just talked about how that pairing really kind of screwed me last week, but I don't mind ever going back to the well if I think the spot's right and I think the spot is really solid here. Because Houston's not a great offense, so Eckler. Don't know if I play Herbert this week. I don't. I mean, I could see him throwing three, three or four touchdowns in this game. Um, with Allen back, I definitely don't mind Williams, but I don't like him as much. Um, so Eckler, maybe some Everett, but I, I mean, I'm not very high on a team. I, I mean, I should be higher on the Chargers here, but I'm not very high on them this week. Uh, let's talk Houston side. Any interest here in the Houston game or Houston side? And Pierce didn't practice Wednesday. I forgot to mention that. Um, it's just something to kind of watch because if he's
2: out, that's, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think that would give Rex Burkhead a role that's very playable. Um, obviously, old running backs are not something we love to target. But we saw week one, they were willing to hand the ball to Rex Burkhead um, I'm pulling it up now, 14 rushing attempts in week one. So pretty true. Sure the receiving role, if Pierce were to miss this game, uh, Burkhead would have a pretty nice role here for 4,900. Uh, would def- definitely think you have to take a look at that. The chargers are, they, they, they're stopping the pass first, right? We've always been able to use running backs against them. So if Pierce is a go, I have some interest in him, Um saw him finally take over the, the first and second down rushing role that we kind of expected coming into the year. 20 attempts last week against Chicago. Still only 5,600. I think the Chargers will allow big runs. Um, so I, I have interest in Pierce if he plays. If Pierce is out, I think Burkhead is going to be a top value on the slate. It's not going to be a comfortable feeling, um, trusting he's over 30 years old, I think now, but um, trusting Burke has never, never fun. Uh, But I think that just because of the price and the role, we'd have to take a a long look at it. The primary way I want to play this game is run backs on my Herbert stacks. Um, Brandon cooks would be the primary option. there. just a high volume role. Hasn't really turned it into a ton yet this season, Uh, but he will eventually, eventually Uh, mills is a, a capable quarterback and he targets cooks a ton. Nico collins is a guy we kind of saw kind of come up so i i don't mind him as a run back either um he's, he's only 4k but i think cooks and collins as the runbacks would be my favorite plays i have interest in pierce as a, a value running back option like running backs just aren't scoring a ton of points this year i'm going to be looking to pay down and save money at running back as much as i can and pierce or burkhead would definitely be in play for me
1: um I think Burkhead's interesting, even if Pierce plays for what it's worth. You know, week one, we saw him get, I think it was eight targets out of the backfield. So on DraftKings, Um, but if Pierce is out, Burkhead, like, I'll give the sites credit. They priced up Williams and Herbert this week as potential, like, starting running backs if Montgomery and Swift miss. So kudos to them. But if Pierce sits, uh, Burkhead's very much in play. I think he's in play either way, but I think Pierce is super interesting if he plays. Um, he is really kind of taking over this backfield, like you said, 60 plus percent snap share in the last two weeks after only 30 percent week one. So he is the lead back, assuming that he's healthy. Don't mind the Cooks call. Always a great um, tournament option. Bears and Giants, 39.5 total here. Giants are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Anything that you like here for the Bears before you get into that? Um, Obviously, we're paying attention here to the Montgomery news. Um, Whether or not he's going to play or not, I think it's very up in the air right now. Um, And then Pringle got hurt over the weekend, so he is someone that is not going to be playing. I think he was on injury reserve, so we won't see him for the next—was um, it six weeks or four weeks, whatever it, it is? Now, but, and then on yeah. the Giants' side,
2: I mean, Shepard out for the season. That guy just—gosh, he's so uh, what unlucky. a tough break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like he wasn't even running hard, just jogging down the field. The ACL just popped. Um, just brutal for him, and had a, a really tough injury last year. That was that was tough to see. Guy, guy I was rooting for was looking really good at the beginning of the season here too.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's such a good pass blocker and stuff as well. So it's very, I mean, run blocker. Um, So it kind of stinks. And then Tony and Robinson, who would kind of be in the line for wide receiver work. They're both questionable. So something to watch. Start with the Bears. Anything here for Chicago?
2: This passing game is just beyond a joke. Um, Like they, they're running backs that have more rushing attempts this year than Fields has passing attempts uh, so I am completely out on the passing game here I, the Giants defense is not something I'm afraid of but it's just their playing call, play calling is absolutely ridiculous so the, it, it entirely depends on Montgomery I think Montgomery's injury is pretty serious and the Bears are just being quiet about it I expect him to be out this week and for several weeks in fact obviously we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens here but Cleo herbert is the play it's if montgomery is in there i'd i'd be fine going to him in this spot um but Cleo herbert would be one of my top values up on the slate uh if and when montgomery sets this week
1: yeah i don't even know if he's necessarily a value i mean he's not overly expensive but they priced him up which is nice i mean like he should be priced up i think they could have priced him up more than they did um but i mean this is a guy that was 5200 the two of the first three weeks and they price them up about five six hundred bucks on each site so i love herbert if montgomery sits i kind of like him if he plays because i don't think montgomery's 100 or even close to 100 i'm with you uh and the giants defense is not good i mean this is a defense that we want to target you know a lot here like they're one of the worst defenses through the first three weeks they're terrible against the run so i do think if if montgomery's out herbert becomes a guy that. I'm very, very good. He's going to move up my board a lot. Um, And then, I mean, the giant side of this game, I think we, we have to say Saquon Barkley just looks fantastic. And he looks a hundred percent. And this is a guy that I think his ceiling is massive with, you know, with Shepard being down the matchup against the bears they have been pretty solid against the past. They seem to be like a funnel defense and they've struggled a little bit against the run. So I think Barkley and maybe pairing him with the giants defenses a play, but I mean, I like Barkley by himself and this is one of those rare like games where I think you could go Barkley Herbert on both sides.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Um, like they're the two of my favorite running back plays. Assuming Montgomery out is out. I, I'm going to have a ton of Herbert. Barkley has looked phenomenal, and you made a great point. Uh, Sterling Shepard was the target monster on this Giants team. Like He's vacating a bunch of targets, and there's just no receiver talent on this team. I think Barkley's receiving role just grew massively, um, and he already had a really great receiving role. So it's I think you could argue that Saquon Barkley has the best role in the NFL uh, for fantasy football at this point. Um, and he's looked phenomenal doing it through three weeks. So EK is severely underpriced, in my opinion. The Bears' defense is okay, but definitely not anything to be be afraid of. And and Barkley's completely script proof. Even if the Bears play well, um, which I, I have a hard time, like they just don't throw the ball enough, they don't play fast enough to get out to a huge lead here. So this is going to be a close game more than likely, or it's going to be the Giants playing from ahead. Uh, Saquon Barkley is the best running back play on the slate, in my opinion.
1: Leads the NFL in snap share through the first three games. So, you know, one of the other top receiving
2: target is out.
1: Yeah. And like, this is a guy that's second in rushing yards already. He's fifth in receptions. Like he's, he's leading running backs in points per game to start the year. So I think Saquon is, I mean, he's cash game playable for sure. Um, Definitely someone you want to be overweight on in tournaments, I think as well two other names I'm going to throw out there is Richie James jr. He already kind of has a role in this offense and he could benefit. He's 4k. He's really cheap. I just don't see Kenny Galladay or Tony or Sills or any of these guys being the guy. So I think Richie James jr. He's fast. They are already getting him involved in like running plays for him, like reverses and stuff. Like, He's 4K, and he has I mean, he has the ability to go like 4 or 5X here. So um, I don't mind him. And then the other one I'm going to throw out there is Daniel Bellinger. He's 2,800. He's the tight end. He saw some you know targets down the stretch there in that game against Dallas. This could be a guy, you know, he's like 60% snaps, but he's playing a lot of snaps where he's running routes. So 2,800, caught a touchdown in week two. Um I don't love it. He's just a large field tournament that I'll probably have exposure to, so I wanted to throw his name out there.
2: I absolutely love the Richie James call. Uh, he had a, a a decent role even with Shepard on the field. With Shepard out, I believe he becomes the top option among um, among the wide receivers. <laughs> it, it is it's top wide to receiver say, Richie James Jr. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Like you saw that game, Kenny Galladay does not have it. Uh, the other drop thing, I'll after note, drop after
1: drop oh, after drop, it was
2: it was just. Unbearable to watch. Um, the other thing I'll note is the Bears and their their past defense. Jalen Johnson is an elite outside boundary corner. Their second corner and their slot corner are both very bad. Um, I think Richie James can have just a massive game in this spot. Like Jalen Johnson probably covers Galladay, um, maybe Sills, but James has been running the majority of the routes out of the slot. I think that he's going to be the way that they move the ball. It's it's Richie James and Saquon Barkley. I have a ton of interest in both of them. I have almost no interest in in Galladay. Like I'm just gonna have to see it from that guy. And I don't think that he he does it in the Giants uniform. Like I don't know what their plans are for him. He was on the trade block for sure while Shepard was healthy. Now that Shepard's out, maybe that changes their plans a little bit. But I I just don't think Galladay has it in this offense. So love the Richie James call. I mean and the still coaching at, at agrees minimum, with this. Yeah. And so I was just going to say price. the coaching, I mean, you can take the, some shots there too.
1: Yeah. The coaching agrees with us. Like they benched Goliday in week two. And to your point, Richie James Jr., 80% of his snaps this season have been from the slot. So nothing changes yeah. for this guy. I don't think they're going to use him on the outside. Just, I mean, he's 4K. He's really, really cheap. We have some value this week. Don't get me wrong, but just a name that, you know, kind of stands out to me. Seattle at Detroit, 48 total in this game. This game opened at 50. It's been bet down to 48. Um, Detroit is a four-point favorite in this game. Uh, Homer, IL, out, IR, whatever it is in football. IL, IR, I'm so in baseball mode still. Um, <laughs> we're going to put Swift as doubtful. I highly doubt Swift plays in this game. I really don't think we see him back until like week six or seven. Um St. Brown's banged up as well, but it doesn't sound like uber serious. Um, I mean, It's an ankle injury. You never know what to expect with ankle injuries, but DJ Chark is dealing with an ankle injury as well. Something to watch and just make a note of here. Let's go to Seattle first. Keith, throughout the season already, I mean, it's only three games in, but we have been picking on the Detroit defense and I am not stopping this week. I think old man Geno Smith at 5,400.
2: <laughs> he's very playable this week. I, I'm i completely with you. I was surprised when you said this, the total is coming down because who, who's stopping anybody here? Um, I know that Geno Smith is not like there's no track record there. He's been a, a career backup, but he still has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to throw too. And this Detroit defense cannot stop anyone. They are the, like the fantasy gold because their offense, like their defense doesn't stop anyone. And then their offense keeps them in the games because they have an elite offense. So it it is just the perfect recipe for fantasy shootouts like that. This is exactly the game environment that we're looking for. Um, if that total is coming down, I'd be hammering the over. And if like, I, I know people don't trust Geno Smith and Jared Goff, but I don't trust the defenses in this game either. Um, this is one of my favorite games of the week.
1: Two of the worst defenses in the league to start the season, both yep. bottom 10 in overall DVOA is Seattle and Detroit. Um, so with targets like DK, Metcalf and Lockett, Gino, I mean, you can easily pair them with either one of those guys. Um, I mean, we were – like what is going to happen with Kenneth Walker and stuff like that. Penny still played 67% of the snaps last week. I think he is your RB one in this offense. He's 4,900 against Detroit. All you need him to do is score a touchdown. Um, Cause he's going to get 60 to 80 rushing yards in this game. So if he scores a touchdown, he is good value at 4,900. So Penny, another guy I'm going to be much heavier on the passing game here, but I just want to mention Penny because he is, he's under 5k. Um, and like, if you really like this game, you, this is one of those games you can potentially five stack. So, uh, the Detroit side, I mean, Seattle, they have been the third worst defense against the, just in general. And the second worst defense against the pass. like I'm hoping we get St. Brown and Chark in this game. Um, if either one of them's out, Josh Reynolds gets a huge bump. TJ Hawkinson gets a huge bump, but I mean, let's not hide Jamal Williams as well. Um, with no Swift here going to be, I mean, probably a three down back. I mean, they'll probably give Craig Reynolds a little bit of run here, but I mean, Jamal Williams is going to probably touch the ball twenty plus times in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams is going to be a cash lock if Swift is out. I just I worry about his upside for tournaments. Um, don't get me wrong, the role will be great for sixty one hundred, but like he's not like a guy that's saying
1: gonna... earlier. But like you were saying earlier too, like running backs this season, we're not getting like forty point games.
2: Right. Yeah. Like I just, I've, I'm really worried about the ceiling here. I would much rather just play the passing game and hope that, that it shoots out. Um, the, the issue with that is Williams could be, he could catch a ton of balls. Like, so yep. maybe that's the way he finds a ceiling. Like he scores two touchdowns and has six or seven receptions. It's going to, that, that's going to be a really nice score for 6,100. So there's, there's more ceiling than you think of typically with him. Um, Usually he's an entirely touchdown dependent guy. I do think his role in the passing game increases without Swift. So that that is something to note, but I still underweight to on tournaments, I think, because he's gonna be pretty popular here. Um and I, I just I want to play so much of the Detroit passing game that I probably just end up underweight on Williams. Um and I don't even think I need Goff to to bring these guys. Just give me all the Amon Ross St. Brown, all the TJ Hawkinson. You mentioned Reynolds. He had a, a, a really nice game um 10 targets for him last week like this is just a high volume passing game they he play led fast. the wide
1: receivers and snaps
2: yeah like he, he very much in play like i maybe i stack golf with a couple of them um i think i prefer to, to use geno smith as the stack honestly just because he brings a little bit of rushing s- upside with him and he has a more condensed target share like i i think i just yeah. want to find the run back that's going to end up with with 10 random targets like Josh Reynolds did last week. Um, St. Brown gets there pretty much every week. Hawkinson, I think is, is the guy I have a ton of interest in here. Um, but St. Brown, obviously as well, if he plays um, and Josh Reynolds as well, I like that call a lot. It was the shark, same shark is the one that I ha- that I struggle to get yeah. by. Like I know shark has massive, big playability. I just, I'm not sure he's very good. Like he's going to catch a couple long touchdowns eventually. I think I would just. I'd rather target the volume from Reynolds at, at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're playing multiple teams and you're you're stacking, you know, Geno five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, definitely get a chark or one or two of those in there. Um, Saint Brown's my main target outside of Jamal Williams here. Um, I think you could play both of them together um, without golf, and if you're playing a Geno team and you're running it back with um williams and st brown i think that's crazy st brown um i mean this is the same ankle injury he had last week and played through it so i'm not i'm not too concerned i think they're just being very um safe with him during practice this week but indoors on the turf um i like st brown a lot in this game so all right jags and eagles 47 total in this one um this one's been bet down too. This was at 48 and a half when it opened and this has been bet down to 47. I don't understand this one at all. Um, I mean, kind of do from a stat standpoint, but the Philadelphia Eagles are a six and a half point favorite in this game. Devonte Smith popped up on the injury report Wednesday. I think it was back injury and Miles Sanders as well with a hip. They're both expected to play um smith made that amazing catch and could have definitely tweaked his back a little bit but he's expected to play here so start with jacksonville um the philadelphia defense the pass defense has been fantastic to start the season they've been one of the best pass defenses in the nfl this year through the first three weeks um they've been kind of a funnel they've struggled against the run as much as i hate to say it is this a week we look at robinson
2: I don't think that's where I'm going and the problem is I'm I'm pretty sure that that Philadelphia is leading this game and Robinson gets game scripted out a little bit. Um they have ETN there to handle a lot of the passing work now. I think that's Trevor true. Lawrence is, is is the real deal. Like he's looked amazing through the first couple of weeks here. The Jags I know are Philly- legit I mean, they honestly might be like Christian Kirk. Is, I think is legit, and Zay Jones has played out of his mind. So, and maybe that's just Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence is looks like he he's bringing this offense into legitimacy. Um, Philly's defense has been good, yes, but I still have some interest here in the Jacksonville stack just because Lawrence is cheap. Christian Kirk is sixty six hundred. That's not cheap, but with this role that he has, he can pay that price tag off um zay jones is is 4200 like the lawrence kirk jones stack i have interest in that because i think philly is just going to keep putting up massive points the problem with the lawrence stack is that means i'm fading jalen hurts um and if this game is going bananas jalen hurts is more than likely putting up a ton of fantasy points um so you need a massive score from lawrence here but he's looked really good um he's finally starting to live up to that potential uh, this number one overall pick, one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time. So it, it's nice to see him finally having some success. I think he can d- sort of keep up in this game. So I agree. I don't understand why the total's coming down. I think the Jacksonville offense is is absolutely legit. I don't see a scenario where Jacksonville plays from ahead. So it's difficult for me to get to Robinson. I'd, I'd much rather play the passing game here for Jacksonville.
1: So my job is just to bring up points. Um, I am a hundred percent with you though. I think that the Jags trail in this game. And I I think if they're trailing, I still think hurts is the better option um, than Lawrence because it has been a funnel defense. So if they do get in the red zone, like it wouldn't shock me if Robinson like breaks off like a 15 yard run and scores um, where I think miles Sanders really going to struggle because Jacksonville run defense has been the best run defense in the NFL to start the season. So um, And they've done it against like opponents where you're like, all right, um, you know, they shut down the Chargers running game. They shut down. Um, was it Taylor in week two? Right. Didn't he have a mediocre game in week two? I think. Um, yep. So, I, I mean, this has just been a, a really good run defense to start the year. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. With that said, love, love Hurts and A.J. Brown combo here. I, I don't mind Devontae Smith. I still think that A.J. Brown is the man in this offense. Um, what are your thoughts here as far as Philadelphia?
2: Yeah, I mean, this Philadelphia offense, is, in, in particular the passing offense, is absolutely legit. Jalen Hurts is taking his game to another level. He absolutely has to be in the MVP conversation at this point from a fantasy standpoint, like there's not, I mean, Lamar Jackson is the only one that can keep up with his rushing ability and his ability to throw for 300 plus yards and multiple t- touchdown passes. Like the ceiling on Jalen hurts is enormous. So just going to keep rolling him out there. Um, he has two great weapons, three great weapons. If you want to throw Goddard in there. Um, but AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are are absolutely elite options. AJ Brown might be my favorite wide receiver play on the entire slate. He's only 7,400 um, double-digit tar- targets in two out of the three weeks, eight targets in the other week. Um, he did get that touchdown last week. Um, yeah, I mean, just I love this spot for Philly. I, I like to bring it back with Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville can keep up and push them a little bit. Like, that's that's what we've seen. Like, that the Philly-Detroit game that went absolutely bananas, it's because Detroit was able to keep up. I think Jacksonville can put them in a similar situation here um and despite philly's defense being really good they can score some points here and and turn this into the shootout that that we're looking for
1: yeah i mean defensive numbers wise you're like all right i understand why this game is being bet down a little bit but looking at both of these teams you're like 46 might be too low um yeah i mean i love aj brown like i said i i was writing up a like prop for him on scores and odds before we got going here so like he's someone that i'm very high on this week um so yeah like him a lot uh but yeah i mean Devonte smith if you're if you're playing a lot of hurts you definitely want to get some Devonte smith as well this guy obviously they have a connection i still think aj brown is the man uh the other one name i want to throw out there really quick is dallas goddard um he is someone that has big he has two touchdown abilities so Another guy that you can potentially look at. Um, and if for some reason Devonte Smith's back injury is more, Quez Watkins would be the deep threat. Um, if that happens. So all right, we got New York Jets at Pittsburgh. 41 and a half total here. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite in this game. Wilson expected to play here. We haven't seen him yet this season. Um don't know if it's game script wise and it's such a small sample size but we have two of the fastest paced teams in the nfl here in this game and again is it game script is it not you know the jets are they playing fast because they've been down all season probably um so i mean you know that that is what it is and then pittsburgh they've been down all year as well they came back and won that game in cincinnati late so is it game script dependent is is the question um, but I think there's some value in this game. I really do. Um, let's start here with the jets Wilson coming back. Um, any interest here in New York?
2: It's funny that, that you let off with that pace note, because that's exactly what I had written down. This is actually the the Blitz's fastest pace game, uh, which actually absolutely blew me away when I, when I opened that up and saw that, I, I mean, I don't have any reason to distrust that at this point. So 41 is way too low of a total here. Um, the pieces are cheap. I absolutely think that this game is is very much in play, despite the low total. I, I talked about not wanting to spend up at running back very much. Like this Jets backfield, it's a little bit murky at this point, but Brees Hall, I think, is the guy who is gaining a, big, a little bit bigger of a role. I think Carter is still going to be involved, don't get me wrong. Um, But I think Brees Hall eventually takes over and it's like, if he can earn 60, 65% of the work, he's going to be a great play. Um, He's 5,400. I think Brees Hall is my first lean in this game. Obviously the, the wide receivers are great as well. Uh, Garrett Wilson has been phenomenal this season. Um, Still waiting on Elijah Moore a little bit. The quarterback change makes that conversation interesting Ownership is kind of going to dictate the way that I go here, but I have a ton of interest in Elijah Moore with the quarterback change. If uh, Garrett Wilson is going to become a much higher owned, uh, if they're both low owned, I'll just I'll sprinkle both of them in because I think either one of them could pay off that pr- either of their price tags in a huge way. Um, but Wilson and Moore, I have a ton of interest in, and I have some interest in Brees Hall as well.
1: Elijah Moore um, with. Wilson at quarterback last year, I think all but one of his starts last year, he had six targets. Um, So I think it's going to be Elijah Moore. And we haven't currently projected. I mean, it's Wednesday night, late Wednesday night. Um, We currently haven't projected for 1% ownership. Wilson for 3%. So I think this game in general is going overlooked. But how overlooked is it going to be when everyone is talking about the pace of this game? And again, is the pace of this game... An optical illusion because of how these two teams have trailed all year is, I, I think, a good question mark. Um, still like this game. I, I mean, Pittsburgh defense has not been as good as we kind of expected it to be. You know, coming into the season, they've they have some injuries, so um, I think yeah, Wilson but, I mean,
2: adds some value. too. That's
1: yeah. yeah. I think Wilson adds mm-hmm. some value here to this Jets arm offense. So as much as like Joe Flacco, really. Honestly, did not play bad. Um, we'll we'll have to see what Wilson looks like here, but yeah, I mean, I'll have I'll have some exposure to more and Wilson, not Wilson the quarterback, um, Garrett Wilson, yeah. Um, and then I don't mind the Brees Hall call. I, I this dude has big upside. Um, his pass catching abilities, big upside. So I mean, Hall is definitely and honestly, both of these guys can catch the ball in the backfield, but I think Hall is going to be the guy in this offense um so we'll see but i mean the pittsburgh side of this game the pittsburgh side of this game is super interesting to me as well uh, because as much as we've talked about how awful this offense has looked like trubisky has options here he has weapons um he has deontay johnson he has claypool pickens um you know is, is someone that is stepping up and getting snaps as well and I mean, it's it's an interesting spot for N- Najee Harris. Um, I mean, this is the worst pass defense in the league through the first few games of the season, and as much as I hate to say it, Trubisky at fifty one hundred might be someone I run out on a few tournament teams because I do think like he has three plus touchdown upside in this game.
2: I think there's a lot of options in the five k range at quarterback. Trubisky is is tough for me. Just, uh... I mean, I get I didn't it. Say it'd but, be pretty, Keith. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it. the Jets—the Jets defense is certainly an attackable spot. There's, there's no doubt about that. I probably just play Deontay Johnson and and call that a day. We've seen a massive target share for for Deontay Johnson. One of the things Trubisky always has done um, when he was with the Bears is lock onto one receiver. It seems like Deontay Johnson is that guy for him. Um Six targets in all three games. I, I agree. Like Pickens at thirty eight hundred and the the ability that he's shown, like that catch was one one of the best catches you're ever going to see, right? Um, so Pickens at thirty eight hundred, I can get on board with that as well. But I I struggle with like I usually run a double stack. I don't know if if Trubisky can support two pass catchers, even though one of them like 3800 under uh, actors in Fryeruth as well. But the the double stack with Trubisky I, is the reason I have a little bit of a problem with playing him. Um, But I I do like the individual pieces. I think one of these guys can have a monster game. Uh, Deontay Johnson is my favorite play in the game. Uh, I'd go Friermuth second. And I I do like Najee Harris. If this game does get slowed down, it's going to be because Pittsburgh is ahead and they're just handing it off to Najee Harris a bunch. Um, 6,700, he's game script proof, so he can play. On the other side, if the Jets happen to get up, he can still be involved in the passing game as well. Um, I do have interest in Najee Harris as well, but Deontay Johnson, my favorite play from the game, from the Pittsburgh side at least.
1: I mean that catch by pickens, everyone's seen it. Um, his ownership's like definitely reflecting like a lot of buzz about him. And I think that in large field tournaments, if he's going to be 10% owned and claypool's going to be three percent owned, you could definitely play claypool here. Claypool is a big uh red zone threat and Honestly, like if you look at the matchups that Pittsburgh's had to start the season, Cincinnati has been a good pass defense. Um, New England is a good defense of taking away targets. And I mean, Cleveland defense is solid. They have a lot of injuries right now. Um, So, I mean, this is definitely a spot where they're finally getting a better matchup for the passing game here. So see what happens. I mean, it's, it's Mitch Trubisky. Uh, If he struggles here, you know, the door is opening more and more for Kenny Pickett. So, um,
2: yeah, that's, that's the other thing is, I mean, we have to start talking like Pickett could legitimately enter the game at, at the half of any of these games.
1: Tomlin Um, has been very true to his word though.
2: That is true. He he has
1: said that like Pickett is not playing this year. Um, unless Trubisky gets hurt.
2: And we also don't give a damn about floor in tournaments. Like, it it doesn't matter if Trubisky yeah. is struggling enough where he get gets pulled at the half, that team wasn't doing anything anyway. So um definitely don't don't care about the floor.
1: That's where you hope your secondary stacks in this game. Um you know, the picket comes in and throws three touchdowns or something. Um and you just cross <laughs> off the Trubisky team. So many times, many times. Uh Cleveland at Atlanta. 49 total here, Cleveland, a one and a half point favorites. Um, I didn't see anything injury wise on this one. Let me check one more time. Um, Yeah, I don't, I mean, this one looks really good to go as far as injuries, but Keith, one of my favorite games on the weekend um, from a DFS perspective, because both of these defensive struggled. Cleveland's dealing with a ton of injuries um, on the defensive side. I think Nick Chubb has a monster game here and I don't want to overlook the fact that like Amari Cooper's numbers are real right now. And Brissett has locked into this guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have some interest in this game as well. Um, I, I'm not stacking Brissett, but I definitely, Oh no, have a ton of interest <laughs> no, no, in Chubb. No. I have a ton of interest in Amari Cooper. Um, we have to talk about David and Joku and his monster performance as well on an iron game. Where did game. that
1: come from? Where did
2: <laughs> that come from? <laughs> so Cardi and I do the show every week that's the, the Blitz prop release. And just he hadn't shown the role. And one of Cardi, Cardi's favorite props was Njoku under two and a half catches. It was a windy game. And I mean, like, he just went out there and smashed, which was completely unexpected. Um, I loved that that when we were under under Njoku's receptions, and now he looks like he's gonna have this massive role. And he's what, what was his price? I just lost it. thirty seven hundred or something like that, I think. But the, he's thirty, yeah, thirty-seven hundred.
1: Really quick, just to be fair, the snaps and the routes didn't change. He just got targeted way more. Um, so do we trust that? I mean, Harrison Bryant still ran the same amount of snaps and the same amount of routes as he did in the first two weeks. So do we really trust this like Njoku thing? And I mean, it's not Baker Mayfield anymore. So it's really tough to judge off of one like fantastic game. But I mean, the matchup's fantastic as well.
2: Yeah. It's one of the best matchups for tight ends. Atlanta has always struggled against the tight end. Um, I Like, who? Why wouldn't if Brissett had success going to him? Why wouldn't he go to him? He's cheap enough where I'm willing to take shots and trust trust the workload. Like, who's going to steal the targets back? People's Jones he hasn't been able to earn any targets. Um, I uh, like Amari's role is locked in and he's the clear number one target here. But I think there's a solid role for Njoku. while he's still cheap here at 3700. I'm I'm taking some shots on it.
1: No, I mean, I definitely don't hate that. I think Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb would be my main targets here.
2: Um, yeah, I didn't mean to bury the lead. Chubb, Chubb is the best play from this game, hands down. He's he's a phenomenal play. Our ownership numbers right now, like, we're not showing him as a, a popular play. I'm I'm on board with you, though. Like, this is the, the game, I think, where – like, we want to play Chubb when we're confident Cleveland can play from ahead. This is the game for me. I think they can play from ahead. When Cleveland's playing from from ahead, Chubb has – 150 plus rushing yard r- rushing upside two touchdown on rushing upside like I don't care if the passing game roll, uh and pretty pretty confident in that so I Nick Chubb give me all the Nick Chubb
1: All right let's go to the Atlanta side of this game you know we talked about Chubb and like in the Cleveland side Marcus Mariota I mean if they do get down in this game he definitely adds some rushing ability and some rushing upside um they've struggled against the run do we look at Patterson even though like Algier is there um Drake London only six targets last week Kyle Pitts um don't I mean eight targets last week disappears from time to time I love this game I love Nick Chubb I don't like the defenses so I don't want to pair Chubb with the Cleveland defense so who are we looking at to pair him here with Atlanta
2: yeah, I mean, I agree that Chubb and Cleveland playing from ahead is the way to play this game. I don't know that Mariota has, because of the rushing upside, maybe you could do a skinny Mariota sack coming back with Chubb. But I think primarily I'm going Chubb and one pass catcher in London or in Pitts. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Patterson. Um, I just, like you said with Algier there, I he, he might cut into the rushing share a little bit. I know he had a he's had a couple of big games here. He hasn't been terribly involved in the passing game, though. Um, and I'm pretty confident Cleveland's playing from ahead here. I just I don't know that that Patterson has enough of a pass down role. Um, despite being really good in that role last year, they just haven't used him much this year in that role. So it's London and it's Pitts for me. I think you can do a skinny Mariota with like choose one, your favorite pass catcher and go Mariota and then run it back with Chubb. I think that's fine, um, but not something I'm going to do a ton of. It's pri- primarily just going to be Chubb and London or Chubb and Pitts for me.
1: I, I I mean, I'll take some shots on Mariota with like London and run it back with either Chubb or Cooper. Um, I mean, I don't love a lot of quarterbacks this week. Uh, you know, I've talked, I mean, we're going to talk about josh allen and you know some other plays that are really good um don't get me wrong but i mean we are missing some big time quarterbacks on the main slate this week um i mean burrow and tua i don't know if Tua is a big time quarterback yet but they play on thursday night and then um no kansas city chiefs on the main slate so we're missing some big time quarterbacks we have josh allen we'll talk about that um so rams um so But, yeah, I mean, I probably will have a little bit of Mariota. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Drake London, I think, is the main target here. He has a 33% target share uh, very quietly. And I think this game is going to be a game they're trailing. I think London has a massive amount of ceiling in this game. So he's very talented, very talented. Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Taking on the Colts 42 and a half total in this game. The Colts are a three point favorite. Um, injury report here. I mean, Burks is a little banged up, and Phillips is a little banged up. It doesn't sound serious for either one of these guys. Jonathan Taylor is dealing with a toe. You never want your running back that you want to play to be dealing with a toe. So we'll have to pay attention to that. I really hope we see him back at practice on Thursday and Friday. Um, Let's go Tennessee first here. Very pass funnel Indianapolis Colts defense. Um, Very good against the run, which is kind of interesting for Derrick Henry because he's just such a beast. Um, What are we doing here? Like This is a game where I'm struggling because the stats tell me to play Woods and Burks and maybe even play some Colts defense.
2: Yeah, this is a tough game for me to figure out as well. And I I, I just – I don't love the overall environment. I think the play is just to play some Taylor and to play some Henry, assuming that Taylor is okay. Obviously keep an eye on those practice reports through through, through the end of the week. I don't have a strong lean on who's winning this game, but whoever's leading this game, I have interest in, in that big running back. It's difficult – like – you could see either of them get scripted out if their team is trailing, but the upside that you get, if their team is playing from ahead is so massive. You mentioned Indy's strong run defense. I think a, the field all over the place is going to see that. Um, Henry's going to be extremely low owned again, just because we haven't seen that massive breakout 152 touchdown game from Henry at this season, but it's coming. It's still on there at, somewhere. Um, I don't see any reason that he can't beat this Colts defense. So I think Henry is the play for me and just count on Tennessee playing with a lead and Henry to just get a massive rushing share here and find the end zone twice is the way that I'm going to play the Tennessee side. I do have a little bit of interest in Tre'Lon Burks. If he goes, um, just seems like he's, he's playing really well. He's working his way into a bigger role. Eventually uh, we did see Robert Woods have, have a decent target share in in the last week but burks is is the guy i really want over the aging woods um a little bit cheaper as well so i will play some jonathan taylor and and run that back with burks a little bit i think derrick henry is my favorite play on the tennessee side here
1: i think woods is my favorite play um gosh i hate even saying that like i i mean taylor woods Pittman woods um wide receiver like this is a secondary sack game i mean we're not playing either one of these quarterbacks um so i'm with you i'll sprinkle in some henry i'll sprinkle in some taylor i'll sprinkle in um some woods and i mean on the other side of this game i mean i i have interest in taylor if his toe is fine if for some reason he doesn't play um it becomes very interesting because hines is more of a a pass catching back so maybe like Deion jackson would draw the start and hines would Probably play around fifty percent. It'd probably be a, a split, but I just don't want to like overlook the fact that like Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman have a connection, and this guy's going to keep feeding him the ball, and this is going to be a guy that's going to push a thirty percent target share with Matt Ryan at quarterback in games where they're competitive.
2: Yeah, I think Pittman is is a phenomenal play. um Seventy two hundred is just it's still not enough for. The- this this role that he's going to have in the offense. Um, that's why, like, he's a perfect run back for a Henry team because I think the the Colts will be fine to hand it off to Taylor a bunch if they're playing from ahead. Yep. If if they're playing from behind, that's when you want Pittman. Um, so it just makes a ton of sense to tell the story that Tennessee's playing from ahead. Henry's getting a ton of workload in the in the running game, and you can run that back with Pittman trying as as the Colts turn pass heavy trying to catch up. Um, I absolutely love the Henry Pittman secondary stack. One of my favorite ones of the entire week. I'm assuming that the health looks good just because there's a very real chance that the Colts could just be playing from, head, from ahead and, and um, Taylor ends up getting the role that I'm hoping for Henry. So I like playing the game that way as well. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's it's a secondary stack. And I think it, the running back is involved um, in the majority of those. It's It's a running back wide receiver type of stack. And I like both sides of it because I don't have a, a real strong lead on who wins this game.
1: I mean, it's very interesting as a secondary stack because you can go Henry Pittman or Taylor Woods or Taylor Burks. Um, so yeah. very interesting secondary stack game. Um, you know, just getting the game script right on either side. Um, I could even see like going Pittman woods. I don't even hate that. I just don't think this game is going to be a shootout. I do think it's going to be a competitive game though. Um, I think the Colts control this game. Tennessee hasn't looked great. Colts defense has been good. Tennessee's defense has been terrible. So, Washington at Dallas 41 and a half total in this game. Dallas, a three point favorite. Uh, Robinson out for Washington. Um, Dak sounds like he might be back next week, which is crazy. Um, but he won't play in this one. Schultz is questionable. Gallup is questionable. Gallup being very careful. I mean, he's practicing. But this is a guy eight months ago um, towards ACL or Achilles, whatever it was. I think it was ACL resident. Um, So they're going to be very careful, even if Gallup plays. And I know I always start with the visiting team. We'll start with that in just a second. But even if Gallup plays, I don't expect him to play more than like 50, 60% of the snaps. Um, So we'll talk about that in a second. But let's talk Washington here. A little concerning. I mean, Dallas defense has been legit. Um, I mean, they've been really good you look at the opponents and you're like, all right, you know, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, um, Giants, and no one scored over 20 points against them yet this season. Um, what are we doing Keith with Washington here?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling here as well. I just, I don't know that I trust the Dallas defense. Like Tampa Bay has not looked as nearly as efficient on offense. Um, now I'm losing the other teams that you just mentioned that they, they have played um, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati is certainly an you know, elite offense. Um I, like Micah Parsons is, is good. I don't think Trevon Diggs is, is as good as his interception total and his run for defensive player of the year it was last year. Um so I just I don't trust that the Dallas defense is elite. Um I think they're they're above average possibly, but I, I don't think that they're elite. And I think there's a ton of talent on this Washington offense. Um, not necessarily at the quarterback position, but I like their pass catchers. Curtis Samuel has had a phenomenal role so far this year. Um, so I want to find a way to get some exposure to him. The Dallas side, maybe maybe I just stack up CeeDee Lamb and Samuel and hope that it shoots out and plays a little bit faster than expected. But I don't love that idea entirely. Um, I want some Curtis Samuel because I think the role has been incredible and I think he continues to be involved. Um, Like it's insane that he has out targeted Terry McLaurin, but that's the reality that we live in. I think we have to trust like three weeks, a fairly decent sample size in the NFL. Um, So Curtis Samuel is who I want to play here on Washington. I, you could talk to McLaurin as well. Um, Dotson has looked great as a rookie. I'm not really interested in playing any Carson Wentz, so I just want to find the receiver that pops off for the big target game. Um, Curtis Samuel is my my first lean.
1: I mean, I was very high on Curtis Samuel last week. um, After not believing the numbers the first two weeks, we talked about it on the podcast. Last week, um, I think he just has this slot role where he's going to be very targeted. Um, So I have interest here in Samuel. I have interest in McCorn. I still think his big playability is there. I think Samuel's more dink and dump. JD McKisnick is really interesting for large field tournaments this week. Um, we have some chalkier running backs we're going to see. He's 5,100. The ceiling is 10 catches. Um, does he find the end zone is one thing. Does he get over 100 yards? He's just really interesting on DraftKings On Fandle, more you know targeting touchdowns. But I think McKisnick's upside is like 10 catches in this game. I think washington trails in this game i think dallas gets out to a lead my issue is like on the dallas side pollard and like elliot are just so split and i know it's not split like targets and snaps wise but when you're looking at like rushing and everything else like amount of touches they're very split um cd lamb never one target for sure i don't want to play cooper rush um so i'll have some lamb i'm i'm a fan of this noah brown dude um i don't know what it's going to look like with dak prescott back but cooper rush and this guy they have a connection and he's looking for this guy he's 4900 i'm going to continue to take some shots on noah brown um but i think cd lamb is definitely the number one target here from dallas yeah i think C.D. Lamb is
2: one of the top options on the slate um are you still interested in brown if Gallup is out there I know I agree yes. with you that I don't think Gallup yeah. is is playing a full allotment of snaps snaps i I just I'm a little bit concerned about the volume for brown if if Gallup is out there for even forty percent of the snaps or so I am you, not you would still have concerned. some interest there
1: yeah i'm not I'm not concerned I don't think Gallup plays a enough snaps and they have tested, like, Noah Brown in the slot. they moved this guy around a lot, you know, to start the season. So, I mean, he's averaging seven targets. He's running a ton of routes per game. They're moving him around and getting him, um, you know, targets in different situations. Like, this dude has five red zone targets through the first three games this year. So, I don't – I just don't see, like, Gallup coming in and, like, Noah Brown disappearing. I think, like, Tolbert and the other rookie – Um, I can't think of his name – Foku or whatever yeah yeah like they're they're gonna kind of disappear but I I just Noah Brown and he just he him and Cooper Rush used to work together on um was it practice squad and stuff so like the connections there
2: yeah I definitely agree with that I'm just I'm a little bit concerned and Dalton Schultz missed last week too if he were to if Gallup and Schultz are to play I mean brown is locked in as wide receiver three i don't think there's any doubt about that um i i am just a little bit concerned that he could see some of that volume go away um i totally agree with you though he he does have the connection with rush um has had at least five targets in the first three weeks but just i would i have a little concerned if gallup and schultz are both both back um uh, but d- definitely don't hate the call um he has he has a role in this offense even when 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 everyone's fully healthy so um but lamb Lam is is the clear target. I mean he's gonna be the massive volume guy um, has had over ten targets in in every game so far dropped what would have been a monster catch um in the in their last game oh my goodness he should have had a monster game um it's coming for for cd lamb. I think this is a spot that that he that can that it can happen uh, so like the playing lamb and samuel as a secondary stack is something i'm i'm getting on board with i have interest in the the running game because i think they can have success here but like you said it's such a split that it's so hard to know um obviously pollard is the far more he's been he's been so much more productive than zeke i i just don't see the the cowboys handing him the keys to the backfield so it's going to be really tough to play the backfield but give me some cd lamb for sure Um, we'll see what happens with Gallup and Schultz before I make any other decisions on that. I'm not
1: ruling out a secondary stack with Dallas defense and Elliot or Pollard, um, in this game. So I think that that's something that's uh, just Washington. Like even, even with like wins at quarterback, they have so much talent that I, I mean, I think this game has good potential to stay close. So
2: yeah, a lot of big play guys on this Washington side, like, We've seen McLaurin have big plays a ton throughout his career. Samuel has big playability because of his speed, and Dothan has looked like he's very capable as well. So I agree. Like, Washington can keep up. All
1: right, last 1 o'clock game. we got the Bills and the Ravens. 51 total here. Buffalo is a three-point favorite. I don't think the injuries – for Kumaro and Diggs, or anything to be super concerned about. Diggs, I, I know. I think he returned back to practice uh, with no issues on Wednesday. So uh, Kumaro and Knox banged up. Um, we'll see if they are good to go. And then Gabe Davis, they're going to limit him. Um, he returned. He had six targets. I'm not. I'm not concerned. I think he'll be fine. Um, and I think J.K. Dobbins' limit is just making sure that this guy is going to be healthy. So. Not too concerned about the injuries in this one overall. I think this game has the best shootout potential um, on the entire slate. I think both of these quarterbacks are quarterbacks that it could be argued that they rank one and two on this slate. Hertz is right there. So two of the top three quarterbacks on the slate in the same game. Talk to me here um, about the Buffalo Bills.
2: Yeah, this this slate, just a quick note in general, it's going to be very interesting because I think you're either going up to the elite guys, and Allen and Lamar are certainly two of them with Hurts right there. It's one of those three, or you're going all the way down to like the Geno Smith, Marcus Mariota, threw Trubisky out there. Like I think you're either going really cheap at quarterback this week or going up to these two guys. uh, We haven't even got to my favorite cheap quarterback yet. Yeah, there's some 5K this week for sure. Um, but yeah, Buffalo, I mean, just an absolutely elite offense. Um, you you have to have some Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stacks every single week. Gabe Davis has shown that his red zone role is not going away. Anytime he's out there, he's going to be live for two touchdowns. Um, if Knox is out there, I want some of him as well. It's, it's a Buffalo passing game. Uh, I don't have any interest in trying to figure out single terrier Moss. Um, give me, give me Josh Allen. Give me him double stacked with, with Diggs and Knox or Davis and Knox something like that. But yeah, give give me as much Buffalo as I can fit in.
1: I'm gonna I'm just gonna disagree with one thing. I do think Singletary is the clear running back one in this offense. Um, they showed that in that Miami game last week. He had 11 targets, nine carries. Like he has upside, and he's 5900. I just don't know if the game script fits him this week. Um, it would have to be like a Lamar stack, I think. A Lamar double stack with running it back with like Diggs and Singletary, I think is the only way that like Singletary outperforms the stack here. Um, and I mean, listen, I'm going to build a lot of different game stacks for this game. Um, no doubt about it on both Fanduel and DraftKings. And I think a lot of people are, and that's fine. Your secondary stacks, you know, you, you know, you, there's plenty of low-owned plays you can do it with here, um, because I mean, it's expensive stacks, and you're going to have a lot of people stacking the same guys. So, like, if you're stacking this game, you get different with your secondary stacks instead of um, getting too crazy here. But Lamar Jackson, he offers so much upside with his rushing ability. He's clearly locked in with Mark Andrews again. Um, the Buffalo defense is good. They're dealing with some injuries right now, a lot of injuries. So I'm not looking at the defensive numbers this week for Buffalo, and I'm saying this game shoots out. Um, so give me Lamar, give me Andrews. Throw in a little Bateman. I think he's the number one wide receiver. I think Andrews is the number one wide receiver, but I think Bateman would be the guy I'd play.
2: Yeah, Andrews is expensive, um, but he has earned every bit of that salary so far this season. Just a phenomenal role. Fills a tight end position. Um, def- even if Andrews is the chalkiest tight end on the slate, I'm going to have some. He's I love like the, the low Bateman owned,
1: call. He's, he's low-owned every week because he's so expensive. And, like, Kelsey's the yeah, same price Kelsey, on the main slate. Yeah.
2: yeah, but Kelsey is not on the slate, right?
1: Right. I mean, I think people pay uh, yeah, out. So, so I feet. think,
2: yeah, I well, I, without Kelsey, I think Andrews might pick up a little ownership. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, there are plenty of cheap tight end options, though, as well. Um, but yeah, a- Andrews is is the number one option here. Um, every every bit worth the price. I love the Bateman call, though. Um, this is a really talented wide receiver that just hasn't quite put together the, the big game yet. Um like they're almost limiting him. He's not playing a ton of the snaps, like as far as like a guy you would consider wide receiver one to play. Um, But really talented. I, I don't know if he's dealing with some sort of an injury or they're just like being conservative with him. Um, But he can pop off for some big plays. Don't mind him stacked with Lamar at 5,600 at all. The other guy that I think we have to have some interest in is Devin, Devin Duvernay. Like he has shown some big playability. ability. Um, he's still only 4,100. I don't even hate the Lamar DuVernay, uh, Andrew stack just because of DuVernay's price. Um, like Lamar, I generally want a massive rushing game from him when I'm playing him. So I don't love to double stack him, but because DuVernay is so cheap, I think you can do it with Andrews.
1: Not going to be very targeted um duvernay and this is what i'm talking about he's not gonna be very targeted but he's still playing a lot of snaps he's still running a lot of routes lamar's upside is his rushing ability so I, I really struggle all the time to double stack him um but with duvernay's price i get it i just if i'm not stacking lamar with andrews like maybe i'm even running lamar by himself and hoping that he runs the ball in twice i mean that is part of his ceiling um but, I mean, Bateman and DuVernay, they're wide receiver one and two. Um, so, if Andrews gets shut down against Buffalo's defense, like, look for these guys to have big games. So, that's where, you know, the, those guys become very interesting. Um, Moving on. We got Arizona at Carolina, 42.5 total in this one. Carolina is a one-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Any interest here in – Arizona. Uh, oh, I always forget injuries. Um,
2: yeah. Kind Dortch of big is banged one to, up. to talk about in this one.
1: Yeah. Dort is banged up. Connor is banged up. McCaffrey is banged up. Um, AJ green is doubtful to play and Rondae Morris expected to be back um, this week or next week. So we shall see. He's still limited at practice with the hamstring. So who knows what we're looking at here for the Arizona wide receiver core. I think Dorich plays, and I think Marquise Brown plays, but, I mean, outside of that, we'll have to see. Um, Arizona, I mean, Ertz coming off of back-to-back double-digit target weeks. Marquise Brown, um, 17 targets last week. James Conner was running a ton of routes out of the backfield. They want to get him more rushing attempts, but I just – I mean, we'll see what happens here. But what are we looking at here for Arizona?
2: So I think we need to know what what's happening with Christian McCaffrey because I'm really – like, if Christian McCaffrey sits, give me all the James Conner because I think Arizona just runs over. On it. Really, stroke, maybe DJ Moore finally has his breakout with McCaffrey down, um, but I struggle to see Carolina keeping this game close. Um, so McCaffrey would be my primary target from Arizona if McCaffrey is out. Um if he's in, assuming he's in there, then I have some interest in the Kyler stacks. Um, I mentioned that it worked. I think, I feel like it's a, a pay up for the elite quarterbacks week or, or pay down for some cheaper value. I don't know that Kyler Murray is in that conversation. Like he has a lead upside. Don't get me wrong. He he just hasn't looked like the elite fantasy option as the other guys have so far this season. And obviously part of that is due to his wide, wide receiving core being so banged up. Uh, Hopkins still on the suspension, obviously. But I just, I don't know that this Arizona stack has the same type of us, upside as a Josh Allen stack or a Lamar stack or a Jalen Hurts stack. And there's not that, that much of a discount down to, to Kyler. So I'm struggling a little bit with this Arizona stack. Um, I love Marquise Brown, but I think I can get a lot of, murray's production through brown unless murray just goes nuts running so i'm i'm gonna play some marquise brown for sure i'm just i'm not positive that i'm playing kyler murray yet um he certainly has the upside but he he hasn't flashed it or even looked like he's uh, he's about to flash it near as much as as the Allen hurts lamar jackson tier has yeah, I mean,
1: tough matchup last week against the Rams, but it's not like the matchup against um, the Raiders was anything crazy. And he just, I mean, f- five rushing max attempts in the first three games, so five, five, and two for Murray.
2: And it's this year, and it's the second half of last year. He really kind of yeah. stopped running a little bit too. So I'm I'm concerned there on this
1: slate because I don't want to just build lamar allen stacks i will probably have a little bit of murray um because i do think like brown has big playability um and if murray's able to like run one of his you know three touchdowns in he could put up 25 and i think that's okay on this slate um so i mean i'll have a little bit of murray but my main target here is hollywood um if dorch plays at 5k and more sits again like this dude is wide receiver too. Um, but I also want to mention Ertz at 4,700 getting a ton of targets. I think Carolina's up in this game. I really do. Um, so I think Arizona's going to have to throw the ball a little bit. Um, so assuming McCaffrey plays, I'm with you on that, but let's talk the Carolina side. The, these words coming out of my mouth just sounds so dirty, but I actually think Baker Mayfield. Is the best cheap pivot off of Geno Smith chalk on the slate? Um, oh no! <laughs> and it, it it absolutely pains me to say that, but the Arizona pass defense See has been you with the Mitch so... Trubisky and Baker Mayfield Texas league. <laughs> uh, for Get for it. what it's worth, I like I like Baker way more than I like Trubisky. I just think <laughs> Trubisky's in a really good spot. I listen, this dude hasn't attempted more than 30 passes in a game this season. One of my favorite props this week is Baker Mayfield's overpassing yards. I think it's like 206 and a half. Um, I think this is the game we see big game out of McCaffrey, out of the backfield, catching the ball. And DJ Moore at 5,300 breaks the slate.
2: Man, I love that call. Um, I didn't expect it, but I. Like Arizona's defense is, is not good. Their secondary is trash. Um, so it's I really I, bad. I, yeah, I, I certainly see your angle here. I know I know what you're looking at. DJ Moore is an extremely talented wide receiver, and he just he hasn't had a great season up until this point. Um, I will play some, just banking on that. I don't know that I will be stacking Baker Mayfield with him, but the Hollywood Brown DJ Moore stack, I'm totally on board with. Um, if McCaffrey were to sit, I I'd play some James Conner run back with DJ Moore. Um, I love your DJ Moore call. I'm totally on board with that. I, sh- I don't McCaffrey's know if I going to quarterback. He never practices on Wednesday. He's going to play. There yeah. were some serious rumblings out there that this was this was more serious this week. It it might be All posturing. Right. He might be completely fine, but there were some definite tweets that that said this is not his normal wednesday missed practice that there's definitely something here so well, he a lot he's, more he's, he's truly questionable is. yeah yeah as of wednesday he's he's definitely truly questionable in my mind but yeah yeah by thursday friday we shouldn't have a, a much better idea um robbie anderson is someone too
1: just that you can throw out there as like this is a dude that can catch one big pl- pass and pay off 4700 arizona secondary is so bad that I mean, I could see either one of these guys having like a big game. So gosh, it, like I said, it pains me to even say that I like Baker Mayfield this week. But if he doesn't do it this week, he's in trouble. Um, yeah, because this is the this is the week. and I mean, they're coming off of a really good win. Like, let's give them credit. I mean, they beat the Saints. The Saints defense is no joke. Um, so we'll see. Um, I, listen, I think Gino is going to be really popular. I, I really do. And I, I mean, for good reason. Uh, this is a great spot for Geno Smith. Everyone's talking about him. We're seeing some people talk about Daniel Jones. I'm not believing that chalk at all. I think Geno Smith is the clear chalk as the cheap um, quarterback by the end of the weekend. And I just think Baker is going to be 2 to 5% owned. And I, gosh, I, I just love DJ Moore in this spot. So... I mean, to pivot a little bit off of uh, Gino is going to be my highest owned cheap quarterback, but I'm going to pivot some. Um, and I think DJ Moore just has a big week. It just hasn't happened yet. And I think this is the spot where this secondary is so bad that he's just going to have a big game. So we'll see. New England at. um. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Denver at Las Vegas. Sorry, I messed myself up there um i'm a person of rhythm and i need to keep it in rhythm so las <laughs> vegas two and a half point favorite in this 45 and a half point total um i mean a little bit of injury news hunter renfro still didn't practice wednesday with a concussion i mean we need to see him back thursday or the likeliness of him playing is going to get very low um melvin gordon is banged up please melvin gordon you're not you're not feeling good. Why don't you take just take this off. week off? <laughs> Let's start with Denver. If that happens, Keith, if that happens, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, Williams might be my favorite running back on the slate.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd be fully on board with that. Um, this Las Vegas defense has been really bad against the run. Um, Javante Williams is probably the most talented just running back that doesn't get have Melvin like, more Gordon than...
1: off the field, man. Yeah.
2: Oh. <sighs> Yep, I'd, I'd be totally on board with that. Um, he, like, 6,600, he would be a significant... Like, you mentioned even Herbert and um, Jamal Williams are in the 6Ks, too. So, like, you could call Javante Williams the top value on the slate, I think, um, if if Melvin Gordon were to sit. Do we have interest in Wilson this week? I certainly don't. <laughs> I... Yeah, I... He has looked so bad. Like he's not running. It. He's I, not running. He's not running at all and he's missing throws. Like his accuracy that made him an elite quarterback like it just isn't there. I need to see I don't know if it's the chemistry. They're just like he the, the routes aren't being run the way he expects them to be run or whatever, but Wilson has looked really bad. Um I'm very concerned. I think you can play some of the individual wide receivers because they're so talented, but I don't need to play Russell Wilson with them. Um, I'll take some shots on Jerry Judy because I think he could find a, a massive target share. I'll take a little Cortland Court, Sutton, Sutton because he can bust a big play. Uh, he could also rack up ten targets or so. But I, I just, I don't see a need to play Russ with them. I don't, I don't think at this point. I just, I don't have enough confidence in the offense overall, um, as from a volume standpoint, or Russ's ability to. Um, just put up monster points.
1: Sutton has been very consistent through the first three games. Um, yeah. seven, 11, and 10 targets to the first three games. Was a little concerned after the Seattle game as much as, um, Wilson threw the ball and like Sutton only had seven targets. But I mean, he bounced right back here. Clearly, the number one option is Sut- Sutton. Um, again, Keith, I'd be lying to you if I said that I wouldn't have Wilson stacks this week. Um, Wilson Sutton, Wilson Judy, Las Vegas with Adams is like the perfect runback situation. Um, and if Renfro doesn't play, Hollins will be popular again. And he's a really good runback option. Um, because he's so cheap and people will play Hollins by himself. Um, so that like makes my Hollins teams different, but I mean, looking at the Raiders, Denver's defense is solid. They're really good against the run. They're really good against the pass. Um, If Renfro doesn't play, I definitely have interest in Hollins, but I think I like Devontae
2: either way. Yeah, I definitely like Devontae either way. Um, Just a guy who has consistently won tough matchups, um, always has a massive ceiling anytime he's out there on the field. Hollins, I don't know. Um, I think he ran really hot to put up a monster score, and I think it would drive his ownership up too much. Um, if Renfro like he was not he was He's gonna so cheap though he is really cheap but he was gonna put up 20 points before that last drive uh, and don't get me wrong for 3300 or whatever he was last week it was still a smash uh, but the the 10x he ended up putting up was only because of that last drive that kind of sucked out with that the the last play touchdown for sure um so I think the ceiling is much more limited than, than people would perceive. Any any would just gather too much ownership for me to want to play, um, but Adams absolutely in play. Waller absolutely in play. Um, that price on Jacobs is, I don't know. It's really tempting. I know it's a difficult matchup, and he just he doesn't have the passing game role. Where Denver probably plays from ahead. Although I'm not I'm not entirely like positive about that. So maybe I mix in some Jacobs, um, because at 5,500. I mean, he did get five, five targets last, six targets last week, five receptions. So um, I don't know. I have some interest in Jacobs, unfortunately. Uh, he did miss practice all last week with an, with an illness as well. So maybe this role is better than we think for Jacobs coming into this week. At 5,500, I'm looking for cheap running backs. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm going to take some shots. And I just changed my mind.
1: there you go um the one thing i will note like the the raiders defense um has just been so bad that like Carr has just been attempting a ton of passes like he's averaging 40 pass attempts a game um the interesting note that i was looking at earlier Carr leads the nfl in red zone attempts he's averaged nine red zone attempts per game through the first three weeks so like the touchdown equity is there for these guys waller If Renfro doesn't play Hollins, I think Adams has the touchdown equity, the highest. Um, I don't think anyone will argue with that. And, like, Derek Carr's third in air yards. Like, we we talked about his passing prop last week, and you talked about it in week one. Um, So, this is a guy, the one week he doesn't show up was against one of the worst, you know, secondaries. So, um, I mean it all is going to come down to Renfro. If Renfro plays, I really like him. Like it, it's a concussion. If they say he's good to go, I don't, I think he will be limited at all. Um, and he's 5,300. If he's out, I mean, I do have an interest in Holland's because 20 points at 4,200 solid. Um, yeah. And I have interest. Like I said, I have some interest in Denver, so I'll, I'll make my Holland stacks different for sure. All right. Last game, Denver, See, I almost did it again. New England. I'm looking at two different sheets and I always look at one. New England at Green Bay, 40 and a half total in this game. Green Bay is a nine and a half point favorite. Um, Mac Jones, doubtful. The last report that I saw um, has it been updated? No, he's still doubtful. Um, So, not expecting him to play. A lot of injuries popped up for Green Bay on Wednesday. Lazard practice was limited. AJ Dillon is dealing with like some knee injury. Um, so we'll have to see on that. Let's talk New England first. Um, no Mac Jones means we're going to get Brian Hoyer, um, this week. What are we
2: doing with this New England offense? If if Mac Jones doesn't go, I'm not sure there is anything we can do. Um, I'm not playing <laughs> Brian Hoyer. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not playing Hoyer either. Like, I don't. I, Ramondi Stevenson, I think, would be the guy I'm looking for, and I'm looking for the the receptions um, in a trailing game script.
1: Are they going to be trailing?
2: Yeah, <laughs> with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Okay, yeah. just
1: just hear me out for for two. For, hear me out for two seconds in this game. I know that like Green Bay's a huge favorite um in this game, and I do think Green Bay wins this game, don't get me wrong. But Green Bay's offense is not good. Like, can we just talk about like the Green Bay offense is not as good as they I mean
2: I, I mean they're know. not elite, New they're better than college. New England. Even with Mac Jones, they're better than New England's offense.
1: Listen, I'm just trying to make my point. Um, so I can talk about playing the Patriots defense at 2,200. <laughs> Maybe I play them alone. Just, Patriots defense, no no running back. And I mean, they're sacking the quarterbacks. All it takes is like a touchdown. Um, they're 2,300 against Green Bay. And it just, I mean, maybe that's in my head more than anything else, but so I don't know. You,
2: you, Rodgers just so doesn't cheap. turn it. Yeah, they're really cheap, but Rodgers doesn't turn it over much. Um, so you need the sacks, I think, is the way they he get a big two score. two picks
1: through three games. Yeah, no picks. I He's mean,
2: older. the the depletion of his receiving core is certainly. I was going to say he doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for twenty three, I'll play any defense at twenty three hundred.
1: Yeah, they're just cheap. I mean, the sacks are there. I mean, I just think this is going to be a slow pace game. Uh, this yeah, is going to be a game we talked about true. pace. Like, I, I struggle to play anybody from New England in this game with the pace of the like New England already plays at the slowest pace in the NFL. Like. I mean, so green Bay is not a fast paced team either. Uh, I think they are one of the slowest paced teams as well. Like this game is going to be run, 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 pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Like, <laughs> it, like new England, be- Belichick is not going to put the ball in Brian Hoyer and say, Hey, go throw the ball 40 times. Right. right. Like Devontae Parker's cheap. If Meyer sits, I mean, maybe I take a shot on Parker, but probably not. Um, we have so much value. Like I felt good last week with Parker. I played him. I think I ended up at like 18% Parker last week. Like I felt good uh, with Myers out. I bumped my ownership up on him. I knew he was going to get the targets. Um, so it's just not Mac Jones playing quarterback and Mac Jones is doubtful. So probably staying away from new England. And honestly, on the green Bay side, maybe some Aaron Jones, Maybe some Dobbs, but I hate this game. Maybe the Green Bay defense. Like I'll, I'll definitely have interest in both defenses in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Dobbs's price and his role, if Lazard misses, is still in play, even in a terrible game environment. Like Romeo Dobbs was very clearly wide receiver one with Lazard on the field last week. And my, I mean, from what I saw of it, um, Dobbs is talented. So if Watson and Lazard are out. I, I have. Think he inter- has a
1: role either way with Sammy Watkins out, no?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But Watson could certainly cut into the role a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, Lazard played, though, last week, right? I'm double-checking that now. Lazard
1: played. I think Lazard yeah. – I think he still plays.
2: Yeah, so Watson, I guess, would be the guy we're, we're really keeping an eye on because that that would be the role that Dobbs kind of stepped, stepped into last week. Uh, but the role last week was phenomenal and that's worth way more than 4500. So, keep an eye on Christian Watson. Dobbs is very much in play if he misses again. Um despite is this like the Aaron Jones three touchdown week, uh I'm going to go the other other way on that. I think the the back to play with the Green Bay defense is AJ Dillon. Okay. Be, Dillon is the guy that. that they pound on the ground when when they get the lead. Dillon is the guy that they're handing it off to 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 kill the clock um he's cheaper than aaron jones aaron jones is a fine play don't get me wrong um totally fine loading up on a little bit of him but dylan is the guy that i want to play with the the green bay defense because when they have a big lead um dylan is the guy they turn turn and hand it off to much more than aaron jones
1: so let me throw this at you um what if aj dylan is limited thursday and friday do we trust that to be the case, like, do we trust, like, if he does not if he practices limited Thursday, Friday, there, he's active Sunday, do we trust them to give AJ Dylan like, the up carries, or do we think that, like, this is a game, like, Aaron Jones out snaps AJ Dillon, but I'm with you, I think AJ Dillon is a the guy they prefer to run out there, because I think, honestly, they want to keep Aaron Jones fresh, and, I mean, both of these guys are very talented. Um, yeah. But if this, like, if this knee, I think it's a knee, Um, if this knee thing for A.J. Dillon is, like, legit, because, I mean, he hasn't been on the injury report at all this year, and he's on the injury report this week. So if this knee thing is legit, like, that just bumps Aaron Jones up into we we really want to get some Aaron Jones this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, like, A.J. Dillon being limited would put Aaron Jones in the conversation for one of the best plays on the slate, Um, Oh yeah. Because I mean, it's been a pretty even split here so far this season between the two of them there and they're leaning way more run heavy than they ever have in the past. Like we started to see that trend last year, but it's even, even greater this year. If AJ Dillon is to miss this game, Aaron Jones might be my favorite play on the slate, even against new England, who like this is a terrible game environment, right? But the the role for Aaron Jones would be so good. Um, I'd have a ton of interest as far as trusting Dylan. I think as long as unlike the only way I wouldn't trust it is if they, they come out and say, AJ Dylan is a true game time decision. And there's still doubt on whether he's playing Sunday morning. Then I would have serious concerns about it. If Schefter's tweets Saturday night at midnight or whatever, come out and say, AJ Dylan expected to play tomorrow. I'll have full confidence that, that AJ Dylan is healthy and he's the guy that, that I wanna use a little bit here.
1: I mean, he's still practicing limited Wednesday, so I'm not I'm not like overly concerned about Dylan's status, but I mean it's Wednesday, so we'll see how Thursday yeah. and Friday goes. But we, we another thing like over the years, like you just gotta remember too, like New England likes the funnel, they like the they like teams to run against them. Um so I mean this could be a game where I, I, I think I've talked myself into having way more interest in Jones than I originally thought. Um, if Watson sits, I have interest in Dobbs. Uh, if Watson plays, I'm probably going to avoid the passing situation. Cause I think there's too many yeah. mouths to feed if that happens. Um, so just an interesting game to kind of pay attention to that. You really like this game has one of the lowest totals for a reason. So, all right, let's play the morning grind football game. And then we will get out of here. Give me a quarterback that's going to throw for 300 yards this week.
2: Um, this might be a little bit of a hot take because Philly has been really good, but I think Philly gets out to a big lead and Jacksonville throws the ball a ton in this game. Give me Trevor Lawrence over 300 yards.
1: I like it. Um, I'm going to go Russ Wilson himself. Um, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't like taking like, I mean, I think Josh Allen is probably the best chance to get over 300 this week. Yeah. I think quarterback is really interesting this week in general um this might be one of those weeks you just pay up for allen in cash games and build around it um yeah give me a low owned running back for a touchdown this week
2: so he's currently projecting for low ownership um i'm not sure how low owned he ends up being um but people don't like to play him because kareem hunt is there but i love this matchup for nick chubb i think cleveland blows out atlanta pretty comfortably um nick chubb is scoring at least once
1: i think both of us are very hopeful that this is the real um projection we get for
2: him this week (laughs) because so i almost never play like these guys who are touchdown dependent on DraftKings. um but i am like a couple couple more takes coming later on but chubb jonathan taylor derrick henry i think are all very much in play this week which is strange
1: Oh, uh, let's see. Low owned running back for a touchdown. Uh, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. He's kind of in no man's land and I really do think he's going to end up being low owned. right now. We haven't projected for less than 3%. Um, projections change so much Friday and Saturday with a lot of news and everything that comes out. So early week projections are tough, but I mean, Eckler's in this range Barkley's in this range, Najah Harris, um, Javante Williams is in this range. So I really do think Aaron Jones goes low owned here against a funnel um, defense quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Who do you got this week?
2: Uh, Give me Geno Smith to DK Metcalf. I think Geno is legitimately in play this week. Like this Detroit team has been fantasy gold this season. I'm going to have a ton of Geno Smith.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield to DJ Moore. I like D.J. Moore a lot this week, and I think, again, if Baker doesn't do it this week, um, the sirens will start going off in Carolina. For sure, yeah. Wide receiver with eight or more targets, who do you got?
2: I'm going Deontay Johnson here. Um, Just a fantastic role in this offense. Great matchup against the Jets. He should get it done.
1: I love that. Um, That was one of the two names that I wrote down. So um, I love that. I think this team's going to be trailing this week, and I think this young receiver gets uh, eight-plus targets. Give me Drake London um, for Atlanta. Nice. Give me a tight end that's going to score. Um, It's very interesting. I always kind of like to write down to get an idea for my CVRs as we're doing the podcast. And this is the most tight ends I've wrote down um, all season. So narrowing down my tight end pool is going to be a little bit tougher this week than it has been the last couple weeks.
2: I felt that way last week. Um, Yeah, I I see where you're going here. Um, Played a lot lot of
1: Andrews last week, and he was low owned, and I loved
2: every second of it. Yeah, because there's there's so many of these 4K tight ends that are in play. Um, There's some upside here. We just talked about the Green Bay receivers and a guy that we didn't talk about much in the game because we don't love the environment. Give me some Robert Tunyon. Um, Just there's not a ton of talent in this receiving core. I think Watson and Dobbs are going to be good eventually. Um, But Tunyon just getting further removed from that injury. I think he starts to step into a bigger role in this offense.
1: Yep. Don't hate that at all. I'm going to go Pat Fairmuth um, for Pittsburgh.
2: Also looked at him. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, 40,
2: what's it, 4,100,
1: 4,200. I like Hawkinson a lot if St. Brown doesn't play. um, And I do like Zach Ertz a lot in this range. So, and if for some reason that Keenan Allen doesn't play, go back to the well on Everett. Like, he is wide receiver too if Allen doesn't play. We'll see how the role looks with Allen. I think he's still very playable in tournaments. Uh, Defense for 10-plus points this week.
2: You are not going to like this one. Um I'm going Las Vegas here. I just Russ has struggled a lot. Las Vegas at home. Too I don't know. I... <laughs> <laughs> Too much talent.
1: Too much talent. Listen, I hope it doesn't work out for you. Um, but <laughs> listen, I love the I love the bold call. Uh, they just, you know, we talked about it week one with all the like moves and stuff, and we talked about how Las Vegas just didn't really get someone to put pressure on the quarterback. And we've really seen that. I think they only have two sacks through the first three games. And if Russ has time, I don't know, who knows, who knows with what Wilson right now. Um,
2: so maybe 10 points is a stretch, but as far as a low owned defense, who's cheap um, and, and in play, that that's a, my favorite option that I could come up with.
1: Oh, no, no, no. That's great. Um, I struggle with this. I mean, my favorite defense this week is probably Dallas. Um there's a ton of talent for Washington.
2: How how chalky does Green Bay get if Jones sits? Like Brian Hoyer against Green Bay. Like, but Green they're Bay's four point one. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, so I don't think expensive. they're going to be that
1: high on. Do you know? I think the Jets get some pretty good ownership this week um, against Pittsburgh. Which I don't. I mean, they're just really cheap. And I think the Patriots get some ownership. Which I mean, I'm I'm brought them up. Um, Because they can put pressure on the quarterback and we'll see how that all works out. But I gosh, I'm gonna go a little off the rails this week with my defense and say the Indianapolis Colts against Tennessee. If they can be this legit run defense that we've kind of seen so far this year and shut down Derrick Henry and make Tannehill throw, that is that screams upside to me. So I like that a lot. I'm going to go Colts here. And I mean, you can pair them with Taylor. So, I mean, in DFS purposes, it just, it sets up really nice. So, um, give me your favorite money line against the spread. Any of those, um, anything standing out to you here?
2: Yeah. Um, Cleveland on the road. I kn- like, I know they're traveling, but they're a much better team than Atlanta. In my opinion, they're one and a half point favorites. Um, I like them to cover that even on the road.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I like that. Um, I'm going back to a game that I just got done talking about, but I'm going to go Indy minus three. Uh, I like the Colts in this game at home against Tennessee. I'm believing in this run defense, and I could be way wrong and way off, and Derrick Henry is that type of guy that can just have that game. Um, (laughs) It's funny because
2: we're getting to a take here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, give me your favorite over-under
2: that you see here early in the week. I I cannot ignore – the pace of the game, the Jets and Pittsburgh being the fastest pace game of the week, the total being forty-one and a half. I have to take the over on that. Um, if there's going to be the most plays run in this game, I know these are not two super talented offenses, but that's a that's a really low total, and the pace should be here. I think we could fly over at forty-one and a half.
1: Yeah, I almost wrote that up yesterday on um, scores and odds at forty and a half, and it went up.
2: But um, the only thing that cautions me is like you were talking about with they have both played in a lot of trailing game scripts and that speeds teams up for sure. Um, I know Cardi certainly takes that into consideration when doing bliss projections. And this game still projects as the fastest game of the week. So I'm going to trust it and get this total before it keeps on moving up.
1: I mean, we'll see what the defenses look like. The Pittsburgh defense, like there's a good chance that like The Jets are playing from a deficit in this game for a majority of the game with the Pittsburgh defense and the offense and the Jets defense. So who has a lot of words really fast? Um, (laughs) I'm going to write this up. This is a free one for you guys um, that are not scores and odds subscribers, but I'm going to write this one up when we get done with the podcast. I love the over in the Jacksonville-Philadelphia game at 47. Um, I don't know what... I'm sure it's coming in at like 110, 120-ish, but I love the over in this game. I think that... maybe. I think that Hurts is just that good that I don't care. And I think that Lawrence has enough w- weapons around him um, that they can
2: make this game competitive. And I think this total is too low. I'm completely on board with this take. Absolutely love that call. I I mean, I'm, I'm seriously considering playing some Lawrence stacks um, just because I think Philly can put it on him in a hurry and get up big. Uh, and then Lawrence is in throw mode for a quarter and a half at least to end this game and try to catch up. And I think that yeah. they, they can keep it fairly close.
1: I'm seeing like 110 and 112 for the over on this game. So I'm definitely going to be writing this up. So there's your freebie. There's another freebie for you. Uh, Who's your favorite player prop this week?
2: I'm very intrigued by the Seattle Detroit game. Um, It's always a tough call between Lockett and Metcalf. Uh, I just, I trust the, the big play ability of Metcalf to win in any situation. Give me DK Metcalf over 60 and a half receiving yards. Um, I got that at minus one seventeen over on Caesars.
1: How much was it? Sixty-six?
2: Sixty and a half. Six zero oh, and a half. I
1: like that a lot. I mean, even I I mean, even with both of these guys, this isn't Wilson. Lockett has been um or not Lockett, Geno Smith has been really kind of spreading out the targets here. So it's not like we see those games where it's like fifteen and five. Yep. Um, so I think the game script is great. I I definitely don't mind the Gino over passing yards either, but um, one of my favorite props this week is AJ Brown over 73 and a half receiving yards. Um, this is one that I've played a lot this season already um, on Prize picks and sleeper. So I'm going back to the well here. I think it he's two for three so far this year. And I think this is a spot where the targets are going to be there. The game script is going to be fun and um, going right back to the well on AJ Brown. So love that. Uh, let's go over to our sponsor sleeper. Um, who do you got over there on sleeper this week?
2: So you're on the, the indie side of this game. Um, but this prop just jumped out at me as a little bit too low. Um, Derek Henry is, is 71 and a half yard rushing prop. We have seen this rushing prop for Henry over 90, the majority of the last couple of years, just feel like that's too low. I I think you have outs, even if, Indy is winning this game. Like they're not going to stop handing it off to Derrick Henry until the fourth quarter when they're down multiple scores, if that's even the way that it goes. Um Indy is a tough run defense, and that's where the the lower line is coming in. But 71 and a half just seemed too low for me. I like the over on that.
1: All right. I'm going to fire it up. This probably be some of my most exposure to Henry on the weekend. There you go. Um the two pick sleeper morning grind game i'm going nick chubb over 86 and a half rushing yards here um i'm always a little concerned when it comes to chubbs rushing with kareem hunt but the dude's gonna get 20 plus touches against one of the worst run defenses in the football um over uh, over this prop in each of his first three games and draws a fantastic matchup here averaging over five yards per carry nick chubb is just in an amazing spot and i love this prop this is another prop that i'm writing up on scores and odds you guys are welcome um i'm giving them all out this week so all the winners yeah i mean i like chubb a lot so there you go
2: i do too i'm I'm totally with you on that one
1: all right we're on the same page this week so hopefully when we come on um next week for week five we will have some fun and you know talk about how we had a good week um Last week the Morning Grind game was like 50-50. We got all, we got like 50-50 on last week. Um I was looking at it before we got going. So hope we're going to be better
2: than 50-50 this week. So Keith, I did have a Cam, or... a Cam Akers oh. call last week that like he didn't quite get there but his his role he did score the touchdown which I think that's what I had him at. Um yeah, but we I, had,
1: actually we had them for low owned running back touchdowns. We had Acres and I had Henry, so I mean we we crushed oh. that one last week.
2: Yep. Yeah. I played some Acres in DFS last week. Um, obviously, not on the main slate this week, and he didn't quite get there for DFS. But that that role is going to be there for Acres. He's he's the. I mean, it's it's still going to be 60, 65 percent. But that's that's what we get all across the NFL nowadays. So,
1: all right, that is going to wrap us up. I got to finish my scores and odds write ups and do some CBRs. And yeah, I mean, this is this is a fun week. You know, when I first opened up this slate, I was like, ah, I was kind of iffy on this week, but like the more you dig into this slate, the more there's like really good spots and really bad spots. So you just hope the bad spots just stay bad spots and you hope the good spots hit. And I think it will be a really good week. So we'll be back next week, week five on Thursday. Hope everyone has fantastic week four. my internet only went out um, three times during this podcast for the hurricane. So we're doing good. <laughs> Um, appreciate everyone listening. We'll see you guys again next week.